In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Christ is in our midst. He was, is, and always shall be. Today is the third Sunday of Matthew, also the third Sunday after Pentecost, which is in our liturgical year, a continuation on the Feast of Pentecost. And the message today <coughs> works together with the messages of Pentecost and then the last two Sundays, as, as you have heard. It's also the day before the celebration of independence of our country that we know as the United States of America. And we know as we learned from a very young age when we would recite things such as the Pledge of Allegiance or, or sing the hymns of the reflection of the celebration of the independence of our country, that we speak of freedom, of liberty, or as we hear life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, how does this fit with what we are hearing today in the gospel? The gospel passage from Matthew is but a few verses of a much longer discourse or a much longer sermon, if you will, the Sermon on the Mount as we know it, chapters 5, 6, and 7 from Matthew. And what this sermon, as it's known as, rather these words that were spoken by our Lord to the people who were there that day and to us here today are instructions, our guidance on life, on liberty on the pursuit of happiness. We look to our Constitution and we look to our Bill of Rights and we look to all sorts of documents that were written by men, all of which were done and written and produced with good intentions, I am sure. But for us who are followers of Christ, who are citizens of the heavenly Jerusalem, who are members of the body of Christ, where do we go for our instructions? What do we read and what do we seek for our wisdom, for our guidance, for our understanding of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness? Well, we can start with the Sermon on the Mount because our Lord gives us instructions on how to pursue and to seek these things. But the verses today, 11 verses from Matthew, are kind of the highlight of this. Even though I suggest you go back and you read chapters 5, 6, and 7 on your own from the Orthodox Study Bible because the footnotes there are very good about bringing out what these, these things mean. But we speak often and we hear often about choice, choice. This is a, a, an interesting word and an interesting dialogue that is within our society, not just our society here in this country, but in our society in the world about choice, choice, freedom, my freedom to choose, to choose this and to choose that. 
is, is the gift, because it is a gift of choice, is it really freedom though? Is it, is it freedom to choose if we, as we heard from that movie, chose poorly? Because we do have the freedom to choose. This is, this is understood. But it also implies that we can choose wisely or we can choose poorly. And it doesn't take much for us to look around us or even more, more to look within ourselves to, to see and understand poor choices because we can see the consequences or hopefully we can see the consequences of poor choices in life. St. Paul speaks about this. To, to lose is to gain. The choice he made was to follow Christ. And we know from Paul's example, spoke about this a few days ago when we celebrated the feast of Saints Peter and Paul and we were talking about the calling of the Holy Apostles the next day, the Synaxis, that there are examples of men, in this case, who we, who we remember and commemorate and celebrate to this day, who chose poorly in their life. Matthew was a tax collector, as we know, which to us today, the IRS is just some big organization, but back then it was individuals, and they would use any means they could to collect their taxes, even to the point of collecting more than what was due. And then Peter, as we know, denied Christ after he said that he wouldn't, after he said that he would be the first one. He denied the Lord at his time of trial and crucifixion. And then Paul, Paul participated in the death of St. Stephen, the first martyr. Paul persecuted the followers of Christ before he had his own experience and then devoted his life to Christ. They made some bad choices in their life, but at the time, at the time of their life when they were faced with these choices, they chose wisely. So we speak about choice. And our Lord says in Matthew, first of all, earlier in 5, he says, We are called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, keeping in our hearts the commandments of God so that we may be transformed from the inside out. He goes on and he teaches us to love our enemies and how to pray. This is where the Lord's Prayer is introduced. And how and to have our values based upon eternal matters, not temporal, not what is going on at the time or this decade or even the time of, the, of, the, of, the, of our lives, but to think eternally. You've heard this before too, to, to act and think eternally. We live temporally, we live in this world but not of this world. And that means to think and to act and to choose eternally. And he says, he teaches us also how to fast. 
He teaches us to hope for and desire the kingdom of God so that we can trust in God as his children, as his inheritance, as citizens of the heavenly kingdom. And then finally, what we heard today, to be anxious for nothing. Never be anxious for anything. The eye is the lamp of the body, he says. Because the eye, or as the church fathers understood it, the noose, the, the, the whole being, our soul, everything about us, is the door. It's where things come in. And we know this, and we say this all the time about be careful what you watch, right? Be careful what you're, you're seeing out there. And, and here we are, everything about our existence is what we're seeing. Because everything about our existence is, through technology in particular, about seeing things all the time, instantaneously. Everything, every time. And so what happens is more things are coming in, more things, more things. Good and bad. Light and darkness. These things are coming in all the time. This is why we as parents say to our kids, be careful what you're watching. Be careful what you're listening to, all these things. We don't sometimes articulate it correctly or in the right way or the best way or at the right time, but this is what we mean. And we should take that very same advice for ourselves. Do we? I know not at all times I do, I know that. I, I say these things and then I don't do them, but we should. We should, as, as all of us, we should guard what comes in to the eyes of our soul, to, to, to our eyes, to our whole being. Each day, each second, we choose whom we will serve. This is another part of this gospel, God or mammon. And mammon we often say is money, but it's possessions. It's not just money, okay? It's possessions. It could be people. It could be parents with children. It could be individuals with people that we think and we believe we should have our hope and our trust in. How much do we seek and follow what we think is the wisdom and the guidance from men and women, whether it be in our government or our political world, or even sometimes in the church. I also speak about this as well. It's not about the cult of personality. It's not about a person. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. This is what our Lord was speaking about to the people there and what he speaks about to us. We can only have, and we hear this all the time as well, only one Lord in our life. You know, our faith is not multitasking. We can't, you know, do faith here and this here and this here and this there. There's only one Lord in our life. But it's our choice who that Lord is. Will we choose wisely or will we choose poorly? This is 
true freedom, choosing wisely. And that is the God-man, Jesus Christ. Father Conieris, and I've, I've referred to him many times before, he, he uh, wrote this wonderful uh, sermon about we see as we are. He says, we see that which we have prepared ourselves to see. Why was it that only the Magi or the wise men, why was it that they only saw the star? Because they were the only ones looking for the Savior. Why was it that only Simeon and Anna recognized Jesus as the Savior of the world when Mary and Joseph brought the child into the crowded temple that day on the 40th day after his birth? Because only they were expectantly looking for him. The Vesper service, right before the entrance when we chant together for Silaron, the prayer that I read, the priest reads right before, says in part, For unto you, O Lord, for unto you, O Lord, Lord, are our eyes, and in you have we hoped. Unto you are our eyes, and in you have we hoped. And then just a few moments ago I read a prayer before the reading of the gospel. Shine within our hearts, O Lord the pure light of your divine knowledge and open the eyes of our mind and our heart to comprehend the message of your gospel teaching. We read the gospel with, our, with the eyes in our head, with our physical eyes, and we look upon all the beautiful icons that are here, but our hearts and our minds, our whole being, our news, must be constantly and actively seeking the Lord. There's a number of other scriptures that speak to this understanding that was presented in the gospel. I want to read just a few. In Matthew, again, in chapter 7, he says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then he says again, Are you thus, in Matthew 18, are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him, because it does not enter his heart but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods? And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile. What we see is what we are. We see as we are. 
Father Conieris goes on and he says, if we do not have God on the inside, we shall never see him on the outside. Our Lord said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Father Conieris closes his little sermonette, and I will close as well with this little story. He says, pointing at a neighbor's wash in the backyard, a lady said, just look at these clothes on the line. They are so gray, they are streaked, they are dirty, they are not clean. And a friend replied to her and said, it looks to me as if the clothes are very clean. It's your window that is dirty. It is your window that is clouded. It is your window that is not clean. If life around us looks cloudy, if people around us look cloudy or dirty or not clean, maybe it's our windows that need to be cleaned. Our Lord, as he said to the people that day, on the mount when he was giving his sermon and what he says to us is clean our windows clean our windows the windows of our soul do so through daily self-examination through daily repentance through daily confession choose wisely choose wisely this is real choice to choose to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Follow our Lord in everything that we do, in everything that we say. If we do not, we shall constantly see others, not as they are, but as we are. Amen.